When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, we're going to be discussing wands, wand shops, and wand makers. More specifically, we're going to be discussing every known wand maker in Harry Potter. There isn't a ton of information out there on this topic, so the level of information is going to vary from wand maker to wand maker, but I hope you enjoy what I've put together. Considered to be a complex and mysterious branch of magic, wand making refers to a wand maker using wand cores and woods to construct wands for witches and wizards. More broadly, wand makers can be categorized as anyone who constructs a wand. However, in wizarding society, wand makers are traditionally witches or wizards that construct and sell wands. The profession dates back many, many centuries, and the earliest known wand makers were said to have been druids. A druid was considered to be, in Celtic times, a member of the learned and priestly class. Druids considered anything with a woody stem to be a tree, which led to them producing wands out of things like vine, a tradition followed by wand maker Garrick Ollivander in the 20th century. Though druids were skilled at their craft, at this stage in history it was still totally normal for a customer of a wand shop to bring their own core with them, a tradition that has basically fallen off in more recent times. The first wand-making shops were known to date back to the establishment of Ollivander's Wand Shop in 382 BC. The original Ollivander, the ancestor of Garrick Ollivander, was thought to have come from a Mediterranean country in Roman times and set up a stall in what would eventually become Diagon Alley. The Ollivander family revolutionized wand-making when they publicly forsook the traditional wand-making process which previously had witches and wizards procure their own wand core. Ollivander believed that this process produced wands that were inferior in quality and performance, which led to the family procuring all wand components for future customers. Ollivander researched the best wand cores and would always find the best wand wood to complement it, and where the purchaser would previously select a wand of their choosing, he began the tradition of having the wand choose the wizard. In large part due to the fact that the Ollivander family were so instrumental in revolutionizing the wand-making process, and in part due to the fact that Hogwarts students obtain wands from Ollivanders, many of us have been hardwired to believe that Ollivanders is the only option when it comes to wand shops. But in truth, there are in fact many other wand-makers out there in the vast wizarding world, some of which I'll introduce you to on today's list. Today, we're going to be examining all wand makers, that is, any witch or wizard that has constructed a wand, whether that be to sell, use themselves, or otherwise. Let's get into it. Garrick Ollivander, 
Well, you already got your fill on Garrick Ollivander and the Ollivander family in the brief introduction on wand-making above, but he still belongs on this list. Yes, he's the main name that comes to mind when we think of wands, but that may be for a reason. Miku Gagorovich Probably the best-known wand-maker besides Ollivander, Miku Gagorovich was a wizard, famous wand-maker, and owner of Gagorovich Zauberstabe in Europe. Gregorovich was also known to sell wands at Carkit Market in London in order to compete with Ollivander. Victor Crumb was a known proponent of Gregorovich's wands, and while Ollivander served as the primary supplier for Hogwarts students, Gregorovich catered to the students of Durmstrang. I was one of the last to purchase a Gregorovich wand. They are the best, although I know of course that to Britain set much store by Ollivander. Gregorovich was considered to be an expert in the highly intricate topic of one law. However, as respected and revered as he was, there was a known rivalry between him and Ollivander, primarily over differences of opinion. Ollivander once remarked that Gregorovich was a fine wandmaker, but in the very same sentence criticized his styling. One subject that Gregorovich and Ollivander did agree on, however, relates to the use of Hawthorne as a wand material. Jimmy Kiddle Jimmy Kiddle, whose name was undoubtedly inspired by TV presenter Jimmy Kimmel, was a British wizard and wand maker, more specifically, the proprietor of Jimmy Kiddle's Wonderful Wands, located in Diagon Alley. Not much is known about Jimmy Kiddle or his approach to wand making, but provided that his shop was also located in Diagon Alley and that we have never heard of him, it's likely that his wands were inferior to Ollivander's. Johannes Jonker Johannes Jonker, presumably of Dutch origin, was an American muggle-born or nomad-born wizard that served as one of the four primary North American wandmakers in the early 20th century. His name is first shown in film in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, where he is mentioned in relation to a wand permit application. Jonker became particularly skilled at wandmaking in part due to growing up with a cabinet maker father. Growing up in a nomad household gave him early exposure to woodworking, which helped facilitate proper wand making later in life. It has been expressed that Jonker's wands were both in demand and easy to recognize, in part due to his signature mother of pearl inlay that they contained. Despite experimenting with various wand cores earlier in his career, Jonker's preferred core was the ham of a wampus cat, Violetta Beauvais. Violetta Beauvais was another one of the four primary North American wand makers in the early 20th century. Violetta was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, and was known for using swamp mayhaw wood, wood from a tree native to Louisiana, in all of her wands. Violetta also used a wand core in all of her wands that, for many years, was kept a closely guarded secret. However, eventually, Word got out that Violetta used Rugaru hair in her wand cores. Rugaru hair comes from the dangerous dog-headed magical beast that inhabits the US. Rugaru are said to resemble werewolves, sporting the head of a dog and the body of a human. Many believed that Beauvais wands had a natural affinity toward dark magic, most likely due to their Rugaru core. However, many great and good wizards of the 1920s used Beauvais wands, including Makusa president Serafina Pickery. Tiago Quintana Tiago Quintana was an American wizard that also served as another of the four wand makers 
who served North America in the early 20th century. Quintana's wands were said to produce spells of force and elegance, created with a single spine taken from a white river monster, a magical fish-like creature native to Arkansas. After Quintana's death, it has been expressed that no other wand makers continued with the use of white river monster spine cores, the primary reason for this being that no one else knew how to lure the creatures. Jacoba Wolf Jacoba Wolf was an American witch and the last of the four primary wand makers that served North America during the early 20th century. Wolf was said to be of Choctaw descent, a group of Native American people originally from the southeastern part of the United States. Wolf produced intricately carved ones and would often use Thunderbird tail feathers as cause. Thunderbird tail feathers come from the famously powerful magical beast, the Thunderbird, a large cousin of the phoenix that's capable of causing storms. Thunderbird ones are thought to be incredibly powerful, but difficult to master, and are often sought after by those interested in transfiguration. Arturo Cephalopos Arturo Cephalopos was a wand maker in the 19th century who competed with Garrick Ollivander's grandfather, Gerbald Ollivander. Gerbald Ollivander claimed that silver lime, a fashionable wand material at the time, had an association with divination, a claim that Arturo vehemently denied, going as far as to state that the claim was a falsehood circulated by merchants like Gerbald Ollivander who have overstocked their workshops with it and hope to shift their surplus. Garrick Ollivander, otherwise known as the Ollivander we know best, has since referred to Cephalopos as an ignoramus that apparently ended up going out of business. Cosme Acajour Cosme Acajour was a French wizard and wand maker who ran Baguette Magique de Cosme Acajour in Place Cachet, Paris. Acajour is mentioned in the Crimes of Grindelwald but unfortunately, we don't know anything about his process for creating wands. And that concludes the list of wand makers who work as, well, wand makers. However, it should be noted that some other witches and wizards, outside of the ones who sell wands, have been reported as having made wands as well. These witches wizards include Isolt Serre and James Steward, who were able to create a wand for Chadwick Boot out of Serpent's Horn and Prickly Ash. Salazar Slytherin, who purportedly created his own wand out of snakewood and basilisk horn, and Antioch Peveril, who, according to Dumbledore, created the Elder Wand. And that's it for this video. If you enjoyed the content, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Did you know about these other wand makers? Leave a comment down below. Until next time, remember, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies but just as much to stand up to our friends.